from the block of Prouty where somebody got shot yesterday. <laughs> it is what it is. We're, we're, we're in the South End. No, it's, it's serious. Um, but straight from the block, my pastor, my friend, your pastor and your friend, the man with the vision, Pastor Joshua Hester. Good afternoon, y'all. Hey, I just want to uh, just give you guys a heads up before we get into the message uh, today. How many of you guys have been staying up to date with everything that's going on down in Texas? I mean, it's just, you know, it's disastrous. I mean, there's, you know, people have lost everything. So I know there's a lot of different relief efforts that are happening. Uh, I, I have some good friends that I know that went down there. They're serving and helping. So next week, uh, we're going to actually take a special offering uh, for the hurricane victims. So we're just giving you a heads up. Um, so next week, we're going to do that. We just want to uh, we just want to be a blessing and try to help them out some some way. So so our fellowship is uh, kind of asked our churches to hey you know ask if there's anything that we can do. So we're going to receive an offering next week specifically for that. So just keep forward think, keep that in mind. You know, maybe uh, this coming up week, you know, you'll you'll ex a McDonald's uh, lunch and, and take that extra five bucks or whatever. I mean, every little bit is going to help. Like I said, I know there's what is there? There's an estimated 200,000 that are displaced right now, and 30,000 that are in shelters. I mean, this just, I mean, it's you know, wow. So, well, it's gonna it'll go through the AG. Yeah. So so we yeah we're I mean uh you know we're connected with the Convoy of Hope and all those different things and so. So they've already sent, I mean, there are tons of disaster relief efforts that are already in place down there. Like I said, I know Convoy of Hope is down there. I know the Red Cross is down there. I know. So, so we're going to, you know, try to do something monetary to help them out. So just want to give you guys a heads up. Thanks for that reminder, Pat. All right. So we're going to go into our sermon series. This is Bulletproof. And so how many of you guys have been enjoying that? Anybody feeling a little bit more Bulletproof after going through the series? I'd say we had a great discussion on Wednesday, and so we, we have a different kind of format on Wednesday with it uh, being uh, as, as hot as it is downstairs. We've been having our, our Wednesday night class in our foyer, and, uh, and we've been having some really good discussions. We've been talking about uh, the, the series, and so if you, on Wednesday, you want to get more personable and a little more deep into uh, the series, then Wednesday's the time that we get together and uh, we get your feedback and stuff, and... I like it to be more interactive. So um, if you have a, a smartphone or a tablet, we do have a live event. So all of our notes are available to you through Version. If you don't have Version, you've been coming to this church hopefully long enough. Maybe you're like, well, I don't have a smartphone. Well, pray for a smartphone, then you can get the Bible on your phone. And download Version. It's an amazing app. I just, I highly recommend it. Uh, we, it's interactive. Find me, friend me on there. Uh, it's Josh Hester, a picture of me on there, or I think my username is P. Josh Hester. Yeah, all that stuff. So those those sermon notes are available. You can follow that way. You can follow right along. You can make your own little comments and things and that type of stuff. So, all right, we're going to continue on bulletproof here. So the title of this message is "Standing Up Under the Fiery Attack of the Enemy." Standing up under. The fiery attack. So we're going to pray. Father, we thank you, God, uh, for this service. God, we thank you that you love us. God, we thank you that you have provided and you've done, uh, Lord, you disarmed, your, the word says you disarmed them publicly, making a spectacle of 
our enemies on the cross. The enemies of evil, God, the, the principalities of darkness. And Lord, we thank you that God, as we are learning about the full armor of God, I decree in Jesus' name that we would be men and women that gird ourselves with these things that have been spiritually uh, awarded to us through Christ Jesus. And Lord, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, the, the title of this is Standing Up Under the Fiery Attack of the Enemy. And that's what the Lord wants to do. And so we're going to talk about the shield of faith. Because this is the one weapon, or the one de- defensive arsenal, that Paul describes as something that actually defends against the flaming arrows of the evil one. You guys ready to read this? If you got your Bibles, turn it to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read verse 10 through 18, as we've been doing through the course of this sermon series. And I'm going to need a little bit of interaction this morning. Amen? Amen. See, that was a test and half of y'all failed. We need a little bit of interaction this morning. Amen? Amen. There we go. There we go. You guys all passed with flying colors. Ephesians chapter 6. So, we got to know about this stuff. How many of us know we have to know about this stuff? you got to know about this stuff. Verse 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Say mighty power. power. Every time I preach, I'm going to have you say that so that you can physically say out mighty power because it's His. He's not a weak and wimpy God. He's not a God that's that's uh, cowered up in the corner and that's uh, saying, oh, there's just too many problems in this world. No, we serve a God that has mighty power. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Say stand. stand. The Lord wants you to stand up against the devil's schemes. The devil is scheming. Say he's scheming. He's scheming. And it's the full armor of God that's going to give us the ability to stand against those things. That's why we've been breaking it down each and every piece, each and every week. Verse 12. For our struggle is not against, say not, not. against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So when Pastor Steve was talking about, he was talking about the heavens. He said first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. Okay, some of us were like, what the heck is that? Okay, friends, there, there is a spiritual atmosphere that is outside where the enemy he, he has dominion that he's doing his stuff in, right? So the scripture says that these are rulers, they're authorities, they're powers of, of this dark world and spiritual evil forces in what? The heavenly realms. Say heavenly realms. Okay? Alright. So if you don't know, now you know. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Say full armor. I love that it's full. I know, I love that it's not a partial armor. It's full armor. So that when the day of evil comes, friends, day of evil, they come. So when the day of evil comes, if you haven't had your day of evil this week, it's coming. I'm not prophesying that over to you. It's just the world we live in and the devil that's against us. Your day of evil is coming. So when the day of evil comes, when it comes on you, when you're attacked by it, he wants us to be able to stand firm. So when the day of evil comes, here, let's continue on, you may be able to stand your ground. God doesn't want the day of evil to overtake you 
so that you succumb to the enemy and you fall into depression and then whatever, whatever lies of the enemy you begin to, lead, to believe. No. God has provided for us, say provided, supernatural ability to withstand the enemy when the day of evil comes. That's a good place to say amen. I'm glad some of y'all already got that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Good stuff. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. We talked about that. With the breastplate of righteousness, breastplate of righteousness in place. We talked about that. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We talked about that. In addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith. I love this. With which you can extinguish all. Say all. All. Some of y'all need to learn that one. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Okay. So if you have flaming arrows coming against you, friend, know that you're in the right place. Because if the flaming arrows aren't coming against you, I would ask, which side am I on? (laughs) Because you don't shoot flaming arrows at your friend. You shoot flaming arrows at your enemy. So if the flaming arrows are coming against you, friends, you're in good hands. In fact, the Lord has provided us the ability to extinguish all of the flaming arrows. So the Roman soldier had intensive armor. We've, we've kind of seen pictures of what that armor looks like. Um, but yet they had this shield. Romans had this way. If you've ever watched any movies about like, uh, what was that one movie? Was it called Eagle, I think? You guys remember? It just came out a few years ago. It was about the Roman army. And so they had these huge shields that were not like these little puny little you know, shields, I mean, they had these huge shields that would like basically block like half their body. And here's a good, good picture of it. So like these guys, when they actually went into formation, this is why, this is just like one of the strategies of why, okay, friends, if you don't know history, okay, Rome pretty much dominated the whole world. Okay, they're the only, they're the only regime that ever dominated the whole world. Moreover, Rome is still influencing us today. Our calendar is, is from Rome. Our, our time frame, I mean, I mean, all of our modern day uh, way we do things is because there was a Roman culture that was introduced and we still from the benefits of, of Rome. So these guys, these guys had a way of, of attacking. And so they would, they would get into uh, groups of people like this. And what they would do is they would, I, I should have put the other picture up. I, I seen it, but I didn't get it. Um, and so they would, each and every person had a shield. And so, so on the front, their job was to block the oncoming attack. But see, the person standing behind the person in front had a shield, and he put the shield over himself and over the person in front of them. And then the person behind them put the shield over him and the person in, behind him. And so what they did was they built a wall of shields so when they went charging in, when they would stand up on the wall and they were shooting arrows at them, 
those shields would be blocking them. And then they could go in and they could charge. And so they had, they had a defensive strategy that was almost impenetrable. So that's how they pretty much ruled the, the whole world at their time. The Lord has provided us a shield in the Spirit that can extinguish every flaming arrow of the enemy. The shield is different than other pieces that we've studied and not that it's because it's not strapped to your body. When you put on pieces of armor, they're meant to protect different pieces of your body. But your shield, which is faith, is something that you wield. Say wield. Wield. So when when he's talking about this, he's going to talk about the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. They're the only two weapons or defensive weapons that we wield, meaning meaning you you wield it. So our faith is in our hands. Say it's in our hands. It's in our, hands. Wow. our faith is in our hands. Because the Lord wants us to be able to move and, and where we need to move with our faith. Our faith is not to be stagnant, just kind of sitting there resting to look pretty. When you're when you need to raise your faith up, it needs to go up. Right? When you need to take your faith and you need to cover somebody else with it, you can do that. Come on, say amen. Come on. Because the scripture says that that when you see your brother stumble, somebody get this. It says carry each other's burdens. When you see somebody stumble, that can't happen if I don't have faith. Because if I don't have faith, I'm trying to pull them up, I'm going to fall. Wow. See, some people are trying to do too much. You need faith, friends. So the word, the word faith is Greek. And this Greek word depicts a long a door that was wide enough. Um, that was It almost looked like a door. So, so the word in the Greek that they used for shield was almost the same word they used for door. Because it was this huge piece of, of metal that provided protection you know, on a, on a large area. So, I think it's really, it's kind of cool. Friends, God has given us faith. Do you know that faith is a spiritual gift? You know what that means? Spiritual gifts are given. You just got to ask for it. See, the disciples, when Jesus was healing people, there was a time where where they couldn't do it. And he said, well, some come out by prayer and fasting, right? So Jesus is doing these things. There's a scripture where they say, Lord, increase our faith. Meaning, they realize their, their faith was lacking. Friends, faith is something that it's active in our life, but we can ask for more of it. Do you know that? So a spiritual gift, anybody know about the spiritual gifts? Look up Romans chapter 12, look up uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, don't do it right now. Do that later, write it down. It talks about the spiritual gifts. Okay, friends, one of them is wisdom. I love, I thank God, and I believe with all my heart that the Lord has given me a spiritual gift of wisdom. Why? Because it makes me look a lot smarter than I really am. (laughs) And my mama said, Amen. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not saying like pat on my back. I've been in situations where people have been like, wow, 
That's God's spiritual gift of wisdom speaking through His servant. I'm not that smart. Discernment, spiritual gift. Faith, spiritual gift. Miracle, spiritual gift. Tongue, spiritual gift. Working of miracles, spiritual gift. There are spiritual gifts available, and Paul says that we are to covet the spiritual gifts or earnestly seek after them. So, we know that coveting is bad in that the Ten Commandments, it says, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's stuff, right? Don't covet. means don't want what they have. See, some of y'all just, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Right? Yeah. It's in an old book, right? The Ten Commandments. But Paul says there's one thing that you earnestly seek after or covet. Covet the spiritual gifts, meaning want them. Want those in operation. When, we've, when we planted Vision Ministries uh, 11 years ago, I was, I was reading through... Uh, I was reading through 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So, chapter 12 talks about the spiritual gifts. Chapter 13 talks about love, and you need love. Without love, all of your spiritual gifts are basically bankrupt. They suck. Don't do it. You can't function, you know, as, as a super spiritual person if you don't have love. <laughs> he basically said you sound like a resounding gong. Basically, you're making a, it's a bunch of nonsense. Pastor Earl's on the front here preaching, talking about some all talk. And then he goes into chapter 14 and he talks about two things. He talks about tongues and he talks about prophecy. So he talks about tongues and he says, yes, we, you know, we believe in, in the supernatural. Okay, so if you're first time here, welcome to Vision Ministries. We believe in the supernatural. Okay. Um, and he says, if somebody walks in among you and all are speaking in tongues, will they not say you're out of your mind? And for the most part, some people get really freaked out about that stuff. They do. They're like, what is that? These people are talking weird. It's all that gibberish. And even Paul says, they'll say you're out of your mind. He says, but if somebody walks in when all are prophesying, it says they will be convicted and their heart will be judged. They will fall down on their knees and they will exclaim, God is truly among you. I said, God if that is the fruit of that gift, I want it in operation in my life and I want it in operation in this church. If the supernatural causes people, hearts to be revealed, and them come to a place of repentance, then God, we need it. Friends, so earnestly seek faith. My wife, in, in her great wisdom, when I asked her one time when we uh, first got married, I said, you know, you have those little, like, discussions. I said, honey, which, which gift do you want? You know, I mean, hey, you know, like, people talk about, you know, hey, hey, people talk about what kind of car they like. People talk about, you know, what kind of motorcycle they want, what kind of boat. So, you know, my wife and I were just saying, you know, if you could have a spiritual gift, which one would you want? Like, which one? And she said, she thought for a minute, in her wisdom, she said, I would want faith. I thought, why faith? She's like, because if I had faith, then I could operate in all the rest of them. I was like, dang, okay, babe. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Faith. So, friends, we need faith. Friends, faith will protect the weak pieces of our armor so that we can stand against the fiery attacks of the enemy. Faith will protect you in the weak areas of your faith. 
And the cool thing about faith, the way God has set it up, is God has given us enough faith that sometimes you can stand in faith for others. You weren't called to just stand in faith for yourself. Just like the Roman soldiers, when they were back to back or side to back or, or, or front to side or whatever, they, had, they were commissioned to protect themselves and the person that was next to them. Friends, when you're standing in faith, when God has given you faith, it's big enough, more than for you, it's big enough for your family, it's big enough for your friends. When you allow that thing to grow, friends, faith is like the size of a grain of mustard seed when it starts. It's like a muscle. It starts small. But friends, if you, if you comp- continue to allow God to develop that, how is faith developed? You have to step out in it. You can't develop faith if you're not stepping out in faith. See, if you want faith and you're not doing anything with it, then why would He give you more faith? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like way off topic here. Let me get back on my notes. Let's take a little uh, look at uh, verse 16 again. It says, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Friends, I love how this verse starts. It says, in addition to all this. It's, you know, we've already covered like these, these, these very powerful weapons that the Lord wants us to walk in. The, the weapon of truth. Friends, you need truth. We need righteousness. Righteousness is a huge word that just basically means you're standing in right, you're in right standing with God. Peace. Friends, you gotta walk in peace. The Lord wants us to be carriers of peace and take peace wherever we go. But in, in addition to all these things, God has uh, gifted us with the ability to overcome the attacks of the enemy. Say amen right there. He has equipped us with the ability to overcome the attack of the enemy. I think that's great. So that means God has provided us so that we don't have to be subdued when the enemy comes. But see, what? then why are so many people subdued when the enemy comes? Why, why are people running in here asking to be rescued time over and over and over and over and over and over again? It's because you don't have enough faith. Because you have a lack of faith. Jesus said this. I was thinking about this when we were talking about this. I was actually thinking about this when I was using the restroom. Some of the best ideas come from there. <laughs> when Jesus comes back, check this out. When Jesus comes back, this is what he said. He didn't say... Will I find good church management? He didn't say, will I find good leadership? He didn't say, will I find good strategy? He didn't say, will I find uh, uh, good faithfulness? He says, when Jesus comes, He says, will I find faith on the earth? Will I find faith? Friends, faith is the one thing the enemy will always bombard. Because it's your defensive weapon. And if he can bombard your faith and have you, have you uh, drop your faith or lose your faith or put your, or, 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 uh, you know, weaken your faith, then he's get, then he's got full reign to bust you up. Faith is like putting your dukes up, friends. It's what it is. It's your, it's your protection against the fiery flaming arrows. So how does faith, how does it help us stand against the fiery tarks of the enemy? Well, I'm going to be like my wife. We're going to do an acrostic here. Friends, number one, faith helps us stand against the fiery attacks of the enemy by, number one, friends, helping us find out the, how the enemy works. 
You can't win a fight against the enemy if you don't know how the enemy fights. And I'm going to just go ahead and say this. The way that the enemy attacks me is different than the way that the enemy attacks Pastor Earl. But why would I need to know how the enemy attacks Pastor Earl if I can't stand against the attack that goes on my life? (laughs) The scripture says that we are to watch our own faith in our life closely, not watch your friend's faith in their life closely. (laughs) Watch your life and your doctrine closely. In doing so, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. But see, we're too often worried about well, what's going on in their life and how can they get better themselves and yada, yada, yada and, and talking to our brother and our sister about how they're not doing this and doing that. Friends, watch your own faith. Watch your own life. <laughs> that's, the one, that's the one thing that social media has done that has kind of crippled us in that it's turned us all into critics. And that we all sit back and look and criticize. And that's the one thing that, that has kind of crippled us. And, and I love, I love like, uh, you know, uh, So You Can Dance and all of those talent shows. I mean, I love those things. But it's almost, it's almost enabled us to become, well, now we're all sideline critics. Wow. How about watch your own life and your own doctrine closely? <laughs> we need to find out how the enemy works. Hey, the flaming arrows are the weapons of choice of the enemy. He likes to ping us with those arrows from a distance. Friends, in order to defeat our enemy, we need to be wise against the devil's schemes. That's why it says that in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. That we can be wise against his schemes. It also says this in 2 Corinthians 2, 11. Okay, the word flaming arrow comes from the Greek word belos, and it refers to an arrow which is tipped, wrapped in fabric, and soaked in flaming fluid so that it would burn hot with angry flames. So the flaming arrows, friends, it's almost like it's almost like the enemy, when he, when he penetrates your armor, it's almost like you're getting just a, a taste of hell. It's almost just like, he just wants to, you know, like some people say, hell is on earth. No, it's not. It's not even close. But if he can penetrate your armor, it's just like he just gives you just a taste of what hell's like, just for a moment. That flaming arrow. Because the scripture says, hell, it says the fire is not quenched. It says, the, earth, the worm does not die if, if you're reading the King James Version. Meaning that there's, there's torment, there's things that are happening. Okay. It's almost just like, it's almost like the enemy just wants to heat up our life with, you know, with hell. <laughs> you know what's so funny? When Peter, uh, when he was, uh, when he was standing, um, uh, and Simon the sorcerer, asked Peter to buy the gift of God from him. He said in the Greek, he said, to hell with you and your money. I don't know, I think it's kind of funny. It has nothing to do with anything. I just think it's funny. (laughs) Okay, the flaming arrows. Okay, now a lot of times flaming arrows, when when they attack, they don't necessarily kill, but they do distract and they do destroy. And so friends, how are the flaming arrows distracting you from fulfilling God's potential in your life? How are the attacks of the enemy distracting you from the potential God has in your life? Do you know that, do you know that each and every one of us are going to stand and give account for the life with which we have? And we can have all the excuses. I can have all the excuses. But they're not going to measure up when I'm standing before the one that knows all and sees all. 
especially when He's given us the authority. Come on, somebody, say amen. He's given you the authority to stand your ground against the enemy. But you don't understand, Pastor. I, I you know I me. Mean? I, I got all these drug dealers all around me. I do too. I live right on Prouty Street. But you don't understand, Pastor. Everybody's they're they're always handing me this, that, and the other. Tell them no. You don't need that stuff. You need a you need to learn a little two letter word, N O. But the promises of God are yes, true, and amen. Not for you, and not for that. <laughs> You can't walk in victory if you're still walking half-heartedly, friends. You got you got to sell out. <laughs> you got to be a sellout. <laughs> you got to be a sellout. You got to sell it all. Sell it all. Give it all. Give it all to him. I'm telling you, man, it's worth it. It's worth it. He's so good. I'm telling you, friends. I, I've been clean from drugs and alcohol for nearly two decades. I don't look back, and I and I I, I don't like back in the glory days. I, I've had the most amazing time in Jesus. And it's not about this. It's not about this. It's just about this and what he's done in here. Come on, this is the glory days. Come on, some of y'all need to get this right here. The days today are the glory days, not the days of of past. Back in the day, I remember back when. See, some of y'all, y'all travel back too far and then you go back there. (laughs) See, the scripture says, the old has passed away. Behold, I made all things new. You You need to focus on what's going on right today. And what God is doing tomorrow. And stop worrying about what happened back then. That's an attack of the enemy. Some people, they travel down memory lane, then they go there and they never come back. I just gave you, I just gave you one of the schemes of the enemy into your life right there. Glory days. These are the glory days. Look at your neighbor and say, today's the glory days. Come on, someone. That's good. See, that's Holy Spirit like flowing out there because I'm not that smart. I don't come up with good stuff like that. That's not in my notes. That's like Jesus, you know, just speaking to his sons and his daughters and saying, hey, hold up here. My glory is the glory today. These are the glory days. Not back then, not back when you had all that money and you had all that stuff and you had all them women and you had all them cars and you was you was a fool and you forgot that you were in and out of jail and you were depressed and you almost committed suicide two or three times. You forgot about all that and you're, and you're hiding every time you see a police officer and the drug man's chasing you down and you don't have any friends really and your family is cut you off because, because you're just doing what you're about you. You have no relationship with your kids. Yeah, you forget about all that. But those are the glory days. Those ain't the glory days when you're looking outside, looking outside the window every ten minutes because you think you're going to be raided by the police. That's not no glory days. <laughs> glory days. You done been lied to. Look at your neighbor and say, lie. He's the father of lies. He will package up poop and make it look pretty. Put a bow on it. <laughs> and the stupid thing is that we eat it too. No! Just... Present it all pretty. It's a lie of the devil. It let, oh, you make it smell good. Look. Um, here you go. Brownies. Straight poop. Package it, put a little bow on it. Here you go. And you bite right into it. Just like that's what that's what that's what Eve did. He 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 does not have the authority to make you do it. Our free will, we do it. Well, 
She looked at it. Said it looked good. And she bit it herself. The enemy puts those thoughts in your mind. The devil made me do it. He didn't make you do it. He reminded you that you can do it. <laughs> you know what's so funny? What's so funny is how, how big and bad people think they are on the streets, but how come you can't be that big and bad living for Jesus? Well, <laughs> sorry. So good. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I need to shut up. I need to go home. No. Good night, friends. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> good night. Isaiah chapter 54. I think, wait, wait, hold on. Did I skip? Oh, wait, I skipped some. Hold on, yeah. Psalms. 64, my, my tablet's freezing up. Psalm 64, verse 3. It says, They sharpened their tongues like swords and aimed cruel words like deadly arrows. Man. So some of the flaming arrows are words. Accusation. Say accusation. accusation. Friends, not only accusation from people. The guy, how many of us know the devil can use people? Yeah, yeah he can. He does all the time. One of the ways that the enemy attacks you with those flaming arrows are words, accusation. I love what it says in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. It says, no weapon formed against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. Oh man, we need that, friends. Because the accusations are coming. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication. It's from me, declares the Lord. Their vindication is from God. Psalm 31 verse 20 says, In the shelter of your presence you hide them from all human intrigues. You keep them safe in your dwelling from from accusing tongues. Friends, the flaming arrow of the enemy are evil words sent out against the people of God. The flaming arrows. Evil words. How many of us know that Proverbs chapter 28 verse, or excuse me, Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Those who live by it will eat of its fruit. We need to be careful that we don't allow the enemy to use our tongue as his weapon. Look at your neighbor and say, ouch. (laughs) Because there's times your tongue can be used. We want to blame everybody else. What about your tongue? (laughs) It's everybody else around me. No, sometimes it's you. Actually, probably most of the time it's you. You need to just tell yourself, shut your mouth. Just keep that mouth shut. <laughs> James said that anybody that can, they can tame their tongue, they're perfect. Perfect man. Able to keep their whole life in check. How many of us know the words that are coming out of our mouth are sometimes the words that can screw us up the most? Yep. Yeah, buddy. Friends, the devil is called the father of lies. John uh, chapter 8, verse 14. He's also the accuser of the brethren. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Friends, if we're lying on people falsely accusing them, then we're joining the devil and being used by him. Man, that's like... Yeah, I I, I wrote that. I thought that was funny. Mic drop. (laughs) Like, dang, that's rough. Psalm 17, verse 4, says, A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. James chapter 1, verse 26 says, Those who consider themselves religious and do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves. Their religion is worthless. So friends, don't allow your tongue to be a flaming arrow that attacks somebody else. Number two, because we've got we to hurry up here. I've got I to hurry. 
Number two, friends, faith helps us uh, to stand against the fiery attacks of the enemy when our faith actively, when faith is actively working in our lives. Faith is not passive, it's active. James chapter 2 verse 17 says, in the same way faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So we gotta have them both. Okay? You gotta have faith, but you gotta put it to work. Right? Our faith is active. It's like having a vehicle. If it's, if it's idle, it's not doing what it's called to do. A vehicle was created to take you from point A to point B. And if you have a good vehicle, back to point A. Some of y'all with those hoopties, you get stuck at point B. <laughs> and you got to push your car and get a jump to get back to point A. Yeah, I think, I think hoopties build character. I think, every, I think every person deserves to have one in their life at one point in time. You don't, you don't need to be, <laughs> you don't need to be born with a silver spoon. It builds character. Okay? Faith in the same way, it's, 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 it's meant to be active. Our faith is, is, is not just so you can show off your shiny shield of faith. No. Your faith is to be accompanied with action. Just like what Paul, what James says. It's, 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 it's meaningless. It's worthless. If you say you have faith and you don't do anything with it. So friends, what are you doing with your faith today? Are you answering the call of God in your life with your faith? Faith can only shield our weak areas when we take it up. You have to actively take it up. Remember, there's two things that we gird up. One is the shield of faith. The second is the sword of the Spirit. We'll be talking about the sword, the sword, the sword either next week or the week following. Yeah, probably the week following. Yeah, I think the next is the Helmet of salvation. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip all these notes because I I'm like like way behind here. Number three, or, or let me uh, let me just say this because I think this is good. Benjamin Franklin said this: "Well done is better than well said." <laughs> well done is better than well said. So basically, let's, let's do some stuff. Number three, okay, faith helps us stand against the fiery attacks of the enemy by realizing that it's impossible to stand without, without it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I know I'm, like, I'm going pretty fast because like our time is short. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and He rewards those who sometimes seek Him. Who passively seek Him. Who, at times, when they want to, on Sunday mornings. (laughs) God is a rewarder to those who earnestly seek Him. Earnestly. Another translation would say diligently. So there's a a purpose behind it. There's a fiery pursuit behind it. There's a passion behind it. There's an earnestness behind it. So friends, you want to be rewarded by God? Then don't sometimes seek Him. Don't half-heartedly seek Him. Don't partially seek Him. Earnestly seek Him. He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And I believe people in here earnestly do seek Him. Let's keep it up. We're doing doing good. Keep going forward. Faith pleases God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I'm I'm going to just kind of fast forward here again. 
Friends, be encouraged that if you're under the attack of the enemy, you are doing something right. Okay? Remember I said that. Okay? Elizabeth Elliott says this. She says, don't dig up doubt what you planted in faith. (laughs) Wow. Don't dig up in doubt what you planted in faith. If you planted in faith, don't dig it up. Elizabeth Elliot, if you don't know who she is, her husband and four other missionaries back in the 50s gave their lives uh, in Ecuador for a tribe. They were all speared to death for Jesus. And then Elizabeth came in with her, with her son and, and a few other wives and they won the whole tribe to the Lord. It's powerful. Yeah, very powerful. Movie's called Into the Spear. That's the story if you ever see that movie. Powerful. Okay, number four. How to stand up against the fiery attacks of the enemy. Number four, we've got to trust God. Yeah. Got to trust Him. That's the, that's, that's the majority of, of our struggle, yeah. is trusting God. Do you trust Him? Because when we don't trust Him, we put matters in our own hands. When we don't trust Him, we, we, we dabble in doubt and insecurity. When we don't trust Him, we find ourselves trying to do something and getting outside of the will of God. Friends, do you trust Him? Hopefully. Psalms 28 verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. My heart keeps for joy and with my song I praise Him. Friends, the Lord is my shield. Somebody say amen. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. (laughs) With all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. So that means when you want to lean on your own understanding, don't do it. But I don't understand it. That's okay. It's okay if you don't understand. But I gotta figure this out. No, you don't have to. Trust. But I gotta figure out how to do this and just trust. Trust in the Lord. Do you know that God wants to, at times, supernaturally provide for you just, just to throw you off? Just so that, just to, just to show you that He's in charge and He has you. There's times God will give us wisdom. He will give us direction. You know, He'll tell, He'll give you strategy on how you, you do it. And sometimes God just wants you to sit and wait and trust Him and He supernaturally just wants to show off. I think those are more fun. I like those better. Having faith, actually, this is Priscilla Shire. This is a phenomenal woman of God. This woman can preach. She almost can preach as good as my wife. Having faith, I'm partial, obviously, to my wife. Having faith actually says far less about us and a lot more about God. Faith doesn't focus on the quality or quantity of human belief. It focuses on how trustworthy, true, and loyal the object of of that belief has proven himself to be. I know that that was like a mouthful. Basically what he's what she's saying is is our faith has everything to do with him. Everything to do with him. One more quote from her and then then we're going to be getting into number 5 here. It says if you're struggling to move forward in obedience to God, you do not need bigger faith. You just need to realize how big your God is. 
The more faithful and strong you believe Him to be, the more willing you are to depend on Him. Your level of faith should always be tied to perception of God. She's a good preacher. She really is. She can preach the paint off these walls. Okay, number five. I know I'm like skipping like all my notes. Number five. How do we stand up against the attack, the fiery attack of the enemy? We've got to hope in God alone. Put your hope in the Lord. Saving up for retirement is good. There's a lot of people in 2008, they lost their 401ks. If their hope was in their retirement fund, it fell through. Friends, we've got to put our hope in the Lord alone. Because when things happen, think about everything that happened in Hurricane Harvey. I don't know how many people put their trust in their success of their business, put their trust in their, you know, their financial stability. Everyone that was in that radius, whether poor or rich, lost everything. I love, I love the praise reports that I'm hearing. I guess people are getting saved down there. I mean, there's like all kinds of things that are happening down there. It's awesome. People, 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 I mean, yeah. God's doing some stuff, man. He's doing some stuff down there. Sometimes he's got to shake up some stuff. Hope in God alone. We've got to put our hope in Him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's the substance of things hoped for. We've got to put our hope in Him. Friends, you must have faith for today in order to have hope for tomorrow. You can't have faith without hope. You can't have hope without faith. You can't have vision without faith. You can't have vision without hope. You gotta have faith to have hope so that Lord can speak and you can have vision. More vision ministries, by the way. I didn't know that. Because where there's no vision, the people perish. And we want to be right in the place to keep people from perishing. Friends, a hope is an indication of certainty. It means that hope is basically a strong confidence and expectation. That's what hope is. You have a strong confidence and expectation. Why? Because we're putting our hope in God when you've seen God move. Hope implies waiting. How many people love to wait? How many people have been waiting for the service to get over? How many people are just looking forward to going over to McDonald's and waiting for fast food? <laughs> I know I harp on McDonald's only because I give them enough money that I can do it. <laughs> you go to a Mc... I just got to be here just for one more second. You go to a McDonald's, you know, out, out on the trail, they're going to they're gonna give you a smile and hot food. You go to McDonald's over here, and they're going to give you an attitude for you asking for a packet of ketchup. True story. How? 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 You work here. How are you going to give my wife an attitude because she asked for ketchup? That's why I love going to Chick-fil-A. Anybody, anybody here ever eat at Chick-fil-A? If you've never had Chick-fil-A, please, you got to go. Just for the experience. You will have a, you will have an awakening of what fast food service should look like. Because they're top notch. Nothing against McDonald's. My kids, 
like I said, I could probably, I'm probably paying for some of my salary over there. But anyways, nobody likes to wait. They got two waiting lines right over there. And I'm usually in that first one. I don't like to wait for fast food. How many people like to wait? How many people like, if you put something in your microwave for like a minute, you like stay in the kitchen, you wouldn't like... It's like the longest minute ever. <laughs> Who in here enjoy, enjoys to wait? Raise your hand. No one. Good. I'm glad. I'm in good company. Waiting is not fun. But friends, waiting is part of the process. Think about this. The most beautiful gift that's ever created takes nine months for it to come. Right? That waiting is hell for the woman. I've been there four times. But the end result is the most beautiful gift that you could receive. It's a long process. Friends, in the same way, friends, <laughs> waiting is a process. That's why, that's why we gotta have faith. Because hope, and we gotta hope, and we gotta trust, and we gotta say, God, we know that you're doing something. God, we trust you, we know that you've got this. Friends, and, and waiting is not fun, and it's not good, and it sucks when we're in it, but friends, the end result, there's always a gorgeous gift at the end of it. One more quote, and then we're gonna end. Faith is acting like it is so, even when it is not so, so that it might be so, simply because God says so. Tony Evans, that dude, love it. He's a faith is acting like it is so, even when it is not so. You are acting like it's happening, even though you don't see anything happening. You're believing God that He's going to come through even when you don't see no light at the end of the tunnel. You are standing in belief and trusting God even when you don't see it happening. Even when you don't even see the, the inkling of it. I'm reminded of the prophet, uh, Jer- uh, the, the prophet uh, uh, Elisha. And he tells, he tells the servant, he says, Go up and look and tell me what you see. He says, I see nothing. He says, go again. He sees nothing. Go again. Go again. Go again. He sees nothing. What was prophesied just a few, just a few verses before? It was prophesied that the rain was coming. Then the servant comes back and he says, I see a little bit of an inkling of a cloud. He said, and then it's time to run because by the time you get to the king, it's going to be pouring down rain. See, some of us, we're believing God, and after the first or second time of not seeing it, we give up. Wow. Friends, sometimes you gotta pray again, and 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 again. Friends, the scripture says, it says, knock, seek, ask. Do you know when you go to the, to the actual Greek? It's a, it means ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. It's a continuation. It says, and then the Lord, come on someone. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Luke chapter 11 verse 9. The Lord wants you, but there has to be a continuation. It's acting like it's so when it is not. So that it might be so. Because God said so. Stand on your feet with me today.
the Lord is looking. He says, will I find faith on the earth? I declare in the name of Jesus, yes. You will find faith. Because the Lord's going to find me. The Lord's going to find you. Let's pray today. God, we declare that you're so good. And you're so awesome. And Father, when we're moved, you're not moved. And when we're shaken, you're not shaken. And so God, we just decree today in the name of Jesus, increase our faith. Come on, just say it. Just say Just tell the Lord. Say, Lord, increase my faith. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. That you can have faith for the thing that, that you need to move forward in. Yeah, yeah. And so asking Him to increase your faith could be as simple as you're trusting Him with more of what's going on. You could be in this place and you want, you're trusting, you're believing, you're asking God to raise your faith because you want to be used miraculously. You want to lay hands on sick people and see them healed and cast demons out. All that fun stuff. Maybe you want faith because the Lord has been speaking to you to step it up at your job and to be more of a light, but you've just been too afraid. Maybe the Lord is calling you to step out in faith and there's that one thing that's right there that you know that you've been struggling with. But you say, but I just can't let go of it. Lord, increase my faith. 